Welcome back to Flatlining, Burnout in Healthcare. I'm your host, Britta, a second-year PA student at Des Moines University. Today, I experienced the sheer shock of realizing that we will graduate in less than a month. Wow. We have three weeks following graduation where we will be taking exams, doing spalls and sim, and doing final year-end things. I wrote out the schedule, and while I still wonder how everything is going to get done, I'm slowly feeling less and less like an imposter and getting more and more excited to find a job and get going. I'm really glad that we will get to spend time with classmates in the upcoming weeks. It is so sad to me that our journey together is coming to an end. We have spent so much time together through thick and thin. Obviously, I'm glad to almost be done, but it truly is bittersweet. Before we get into treatment, I wanted to include some interesting analogies about burnout. I was doing some continuing education about burnout with my current preceptor today. I had told him I was completing my master's project on burnout, and he wanted to include me. The analogy was that we are like well-trained swimmers who are set to work in level four rapids. No matter how well they are trained, the water is still too tough to swim in. Now, if you're like me and don't know what level four rapids are exactly, it's merely the international scale of river difficulty classification for whitewater rafting. According to wet water rafting, which is a whitewater rafting company. Type four is characterized by long, difficult rapids with constricted passages that often require complex maneuvering in turbulent water. I actually really like the Wikipedia description specifically because it fits the analogy a little better. It says this, in level four, risk of injury to swimmers is moderate to high and water conditions may make self-rescue difficult. Group assistance for rescue is often essential, but requires practiced skills. This is similar to the historical use of canaries in coal mines, which to me is a haunting analogy or illustration of the idea that when so many in the medical field continue to experience burnout, clearly something in the environment is toxic. So this statement of a canary in a coal mine comes from the historical use of canaries in coal mines. According to Smithsonian.com, Great Britain, the United States, and Canada used canaries in the coal industry until the late 1980s. The idea of using canaries is credited to John Scott Haldane, known to some as the father of oxygen therapy. His research on carbon monoxide led him to recommend using the birds. He suggested using a sentinel species an animal sensitive to the colorless, odorless carbon monoxide and other poisonous gases than humans. If the animal became ill or died, that would give miners a warning to evacuate. Medicine is like a level four rapids or the carbon monoxide in the coal mines. And we are the swimmers or the canaries, depending on which analogy or illustration you're using. We are not the one single variable that fails when burnout is experienced. The system itself is flawed with increased hours of work, electronic health record, 
decreased relational time with coworkers, and the daily traumas we accrue while being healthcare providers. This episode truly goes into more individual techniques for combating burnout, but I would be remiss if I did not clearly state that this is not just one person's weakness, fault, or inability, but rather a response to a system that causes the problem in the first place. Those things being said, let's get to the suggestions for treatment. As a disclaimer, it is important to recognize that treatment and prevention of burnout is unique to each individual. The categories outlined in this podcast have not been specifically tested in burnout research, as much of burnout research revolves around prevalence. Instead, it is a collection from different sources and general terms that you can apply to your own life. The two main categories I want to highlight are humanizing yourself and humanizing others. To start with humanizing yourself, it may sound tacky, but in many ways, we begin to view ourselves as providers as somehow separated from our patients. I know I have thought things like, wow, I can't believe he made that choice, or I can't believe that that happened to them, or I'm not like that when I get older, etc., etc. These thoughts become a problem when you feel completely other when comparing yourself to patients. We have to continually see ourselves in our patients. Yearly, or more often as needed, doctor's appointments for yourself help us to tap back into the idea of being a patient. It may be tempting to consult friends in other specialties or to quote-unquote doctor yourself, but as discussed on a Curbsiders podcast episode on burnout, it is important to reconnect with the role of the patient. It may be frustrating But to place yourself in the shoes of the waiting, nervous patient is ultimately therapeutic and may serve to ally yourself even more with your patients. Along with this, it is important to have proper diagnosis and treatment of mental disorders, including major depressive disorder, generalized anxiety disorder, panic disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, etc. Stress tends to draw out or augment mental health disorders. Just going through PA school taught me things about my mental health and wellness that I did not know before. It is no coincidence that the depression rate is higher in medical students in comparison to the general population. High-achieving students get put through the ringer of tests, rotations, and the ever-present illusion that perfection is required and is always before them. This illusion never ends, and traumatic experiences only continue to pile up in the memory bank unless something is done to relieve them. Medication and therapy appropriate for the disorder is necessary so that the provider can be as healthy as possible to continue to treat patients and live their life. Just as treatment for hypertension, type 1 or type 2 diabetes, or truly anything else, mental health conditions must be managed and maintained for the health of the patient, the provider, and the whole person. General wellness is also clearly important. You cannot take care of patients if you are not taken care of. This includes everything we instruct patients on, exercising, practicing mindfulness, and cultivating hobbies and passions outside of work. Therapy can be another additive to a general wellness routine regardless of a mental health diagnosis or not. By communicating and discovering ways to express your individual experience of trauma, relief and strategies for coping can be discussed and initiated. 
And finally, another part of humanizing yourself is to foster relationships at work that are reliable, supportive, and fun. This might mean making time and being creative with ways to connect with the other people that you're working with, both at work and also outside of work. So that was talking about just humanizing others. So, you know, we went through taking care of yourself by aligning yourself with the patient, allowing yourself to be a patient, getting the help that you need for any mental health disorders, taking care of yourself through exercise, mindfulness, and then also fostering relationships. Next, we'll talk about humanizing others. This is so important because similarly to what we talked about before, when you are able to see yourself in others and see others in yourself, that's when we begin to make the most ground. Put an end to trash-talking patients, colleagues, and administration. In the book Stop Physician Burnout, it says, In some healthcare work environments, depersonalization, sarcasm, and cynicism are constant and pervasive. Individuals will continuously blame and complain about patients in the break room and try to normalize it by calling it healthy venting. Remember this, compassion fatigue is a symptom of burnout. Being cynical and sarcastic about your patients is not normal, and it is never healthy. Compassion fatigue only accelerates your downward spiral because it violates one of healthcare's prime directives, the patient comes first. You feel a few seconds of release from bad-mouthing a non-compliant patient at the cost of feeling much worse shortly after. I have experienced venting in the healthcare system as a CNA before PA school, while in PA school itself, and as a student on rotations. It almost feels like it's a concept that is taught while on rotations. It's very convicting. As Dr. Drummond says in the book, It may feel like something that helps relieve tension, but venting often devolves into an endless dump fest on the patient, another colleague, or someone in administration. This in turn encourages more ruminating on the negative conversation and more negative emotions. Relieving in the short term, but worse in the long term. A more appropriate way of releasing steam would be to talk with a third party. That may be a therapist, spouse, or friend. Of course, HIPAA cannot be violated, but you can still talk about difficult things with those around you and not include identifying information. Giving yourself time away from the difficult circumstance and then discussing with a third party who won't continue ruminating in a negative back and forth, but instead allow for you to express the thoughts and feelings is the way to go. We also need to encourage colleagues to take time and space needed away from difficult situations, but also being willing to be vulnerable and checking in with others when you see them struggling. That's another way that we can humanize others, especially our colleagues. All right, so that was kind of my main points about humanizing others, right? So stop the trash talking of patients colleagues and the administration you work for, and then also work on encouraging others. All right, so on to prevention of burnout. So this mainly consists of utilizing the same strategies as treatment. 
So that's humanizing yourself and humanizing others. We are not perfect and will never be. We can strive towards the goal of perfection, but when we beat ourselves up for lack of perfection, we are punishing ourselves for something that will never happen. This goes the same for our patients. We punish them for not achieving the same perfection we ourselves cannot reach. Grace for others' faults and teamwork should be the ideal goal of patient care. Now, you might say to me, Britta, that's a really idealized version of medicine. And I get that. But isn't perfection also an idealized vision of medicine? So why don't we adopt this idea of grace and teamwork instead of just trying to push others down? (laughs) Choosing your career based on your ideal practice goes a long way to helping you enjoy what you are doing and avoid burnout. As outlined in his book, Dr. Drummond talks about reflecting on your experiences and choosing roles that fit best with the answers to questions like, What kind of patients do you want to see? What diagnoses? What procedures? What setting do you want to be in? Office? Hospital? Both? What schedule? And what pay? This becomes a blueprint for ideal practice that you can refer to. As PAs, we are fortunate to have lateral mobility. Right now, I really want to do inpatient internal medicine. But say I get my desired job as a hospitalist PA at Mercy, and five years down the road, I really desire not just a job switch, but a different area of medicine entirely. I can do that. There is more wiggle room per se, more options for change later down the road that I don't have to go to residency to change. This ability is a gift and a positive for PAs everywhere. We have more options to find our ideal practice, even if we don't get it right the first time. Education and awareness is so important for prevention and support of others. By listening to this podcast, you are participating in learning about burnout and potentially providing for a way to address burnout and the initial signs of it before it becomes a major problem. To reiterate, the main focus of treatment and prevention of burnout is taking steps to humanize yourself and others, including your patients. I said it once and I'll say it again. Medicine is a broken system made up of broken people. Grace for others' faults and teamwork should be the goal of patient care. Next time, I will just be reflecting on and finishing up the podcast in my final episode. So thanks for listening. And remember, education and awareness are the first steps towards change in our own lives. Here's to living with purpose and fulfillment. Until next time, goodbye. The views presented are those of this author alone, and not those of Des Moines University. The song you hear at the beginning and end of this podcast is entitled Creative Days from Purple Planet Music.